0: Hello everyone and welcome to Bobblehead podcast. Hey, we're glad you're back with us today. In this first episode, we dive into the idea behind um, difficult times, failures, um, adversity, and how do we think about that? And so we kind of start off talking about that and we we run down the road of thinking about kids and being a parent and how do we teach our kids how to have the right mindset when things don't go well, when there are failures. And uh, so in this first series, really focus in on thinking about how you deal with failures or difficult times and the mindset you have going through that. So I uh, hope you enjoy this. Hope you get something out of it. should be good. Good. All right. Yeah, let's do this. You, you want to do it? Yeah, sure. Let's let's do another podcast. today, You want to?
1: Yeah, let's do. I say we do a podcast. It'll be fun. Okay, good.
0: So we're going to talk about.
1: Oh man, we'll figure it out.
0: Okay. How are you, Mister Elliot? You know I'm doing pretty well. Good, I'm doing pretty well. It's been a, it's been a good week. We um, it's nice to be outside and no wind. We've had yeah. a bit of a windy few days. Um, so I, I had some. Uh, you hadn't seen this, but I had some work done on the old Tesla this week. Um, a little bit of a cracked windshield from our our friend Winter. Okay, and. Uh, so we got that replaced and I went to pick up the car yesterday and the storm had hit the night before and the Tesla maintenance place is right by Love Field and they happen to be tearing up one of the runways. And so they have these huge mounds of dirt and rubble, which don't think much about it unless there's 40 mile an hour winds. And okay. so it would rain and then the wind would blow and it would rain again. So it literally looked like someone dumped water on my car and then dumped soil like red soil over my car and then sprinkled a little water on it. It was so bad I couldn't see through the windshield. That's how bad it was. You
1: know, I, I saw I think when I left yesterday, I saw like it looked like your car generally doesn't look look dirty and I noticed that it looked it looked <laughs> like it was pretty muddy. It was bad. And and that was probably on the tail end of you cleaning it up a little
0: bit. Um I uh I went through before dinner last night, I went to the car wash because I couldn't do it. I, this is not a hand wash this I right. had to do the car wash and as I pulled up, the guy's like, uh, "I need to charge you twice, seriously, and he didn't no, I was it. like <laughs> he should have it was bad, <laughs> like I feel bad for the car behind me because all the brushes were full of junk and dirt, and oh man, yeah, you but know that's the way it goes First world problems, baby first world problems <laughs> <Exactly> <laughs> but you, right. you're
1: right though it's been a weird, weird spring for weather, yeah, we've had a little bit of everything we've had heat we've had a lot of wind, and we've had some freezing days too.
0: Well, they say March comes in. In like a land, out like a lion, or something like that, isn't yeah. that March? And then In April, like a lion, out like a lamb. Or April something. showers, and May flowers. Bring May flowers or something. Like we that. need some some April showers. Yeah, we I really do. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. The lawns looking a little drab. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah which, the lakes are down.
1: Yeah, they really are. And
0: and this is, I don't know if
1: you remember conversations with your grandparents when you were a kid. Like I I remember like I jump on the phone with my grandparents, and this is the, the days of the landline, right? Mm-hmm. And like, it was like this obligatory conversation about the weather. Oh, It was like school. Um, sports, and then inevitably you'd land on the weather.
0: If not, yeah. And as older they get, weather moves up the list.
1: Yeah, it really does.
0: Like it becomes,
1: now when I talk to like my stepdad, like that's the, it's either golf or uh, weather dominate the conversation. And yep. then it's like, as soon as we, we finished talking about the 10 day forecast for Billings, Montana, he's like, all right, I'm gonna give back to your mom, talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> I needed some advice, you know? Like.
0: <laughs> we gave, we gave Jamie's parents about two years ago. One um, of the little Google Alexa things, you know? And so I thought, oh, that'd be really cool. They would enjoy that and, you know, play music on it and stuff. No, no. Jimmy's dad just probably 10 times a day. Hey, Alexa, what's the temperature? Yeah. And it's like, finally, I think she's saying, it's the same thing it was 10 minutes ago.
1: You know, and I wonder why that is. I'm sure this is probably a way deeper rooted psychological question than we have the ability to answer today. But when you're a kid, you don't care what the weather is because you're going to be outside – warm, cold, or whatever, but, you know, as a 40-year-old man, like, I feel like that weather impacts my life even less than it did, but I'm yeah. But I'm significantly more interested in the 10-day forecast than I ever was, and the reality <laughs> is it doesn't mean anything. It just gives me something to talk to strangers
0: about. That, and, I, and I think the difference is when you're a kid, you run outside in shorts and a T-shirt, right. no matter what temperature it is, and then after you're so cold and miserable, you come back inside to try to warm up and get a coat. And now, I think as we get older we are wiser and we like, what do I need before I go out? Maybe that's what it is. But I, then we just go,
1: what do we go like garage to garage or like garage to valet or something right. like, again, like, yeah. so, so we, we may experience seven to 10 seconds of discomfort as we, as we leave our, when I, I roll to-
0: the window down to sh- to show my little card <laughs> so that the gate will come up at the, the underground parking garage. It seemed cold.
1: Yeah, I promise yeah. for our listeners or viewers, like, we're normally not this douchey. Like, I realize we sound terrible right now, but, um, you know, these are just conversations it's, that I think dominate hard. your life as you get older.
0: I'm, I'm afraid that uh, there's a little truth in it, but, oh, you know, man. whatever.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we, we've just been, you know, working like fools around the Marceau household, man.
0: Just. It's a, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to bring it up, but now that you have. <laughs> you, may, you may as well, man. You guys, you guys go through more changes than any family I've ever known. Like Seriously? What you guys can pack into a month, it's most people's year. It it's really amazing. is. Yeah, it really is. And some of it's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. The majority of it's good. You know, and obviously we had last week was rough. You know, we ended up having like one of our dogs got killed by a car, which you know yeah, is always a rough situation. Not um, but you know, like the family becomes closer is you know as a result of those types of situations. Mm-hmm. But then amidst that turmoil, we're like, you know what, we should
0: just go ahead and sell the house. <laughs>
1: And, oh, and, and we've only been it,
0: here a few months. Let's let's kill. There's too many bad memories.
1: Right, and and love the place. I literally could die in that house. But you know, the referring, event, to the, referring to the, for the listeners that have been listening to is Marcel Ranch, Marcel Ranch, right? Which you know. Being a rancher is so woven into the core of my DNA that this is like we're talking about a, a precipitous shift, and and uh, you can take the boy off the ranch, but I don't know if you can take the ranch out of the boy type AKA, of situation. A-
0: AKA tax shelter. <laughs> I
1: digress. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> the thing I'm going to miss most about that place is the ag exemption for sure. But you know, really a killer you know kind of investment opportunity. And so you are know, like let's list the house, but let's not list the house. Let's put a cash offer on another house, right? So then I mean, we just double down the pressure. Let's get the cart ahead right, of the horse. Yeah, just slap ahead of the horse. Yeah. And so you know then you get to do all the things to to stage a home for sale which is about as much fun as like bamboo shoots underneath the fingernails you know so it's been you know having you know painters in and you know chainsaws and i mean pressure washers and all the kind of stuff that you have to do to take a livable home into a staged home which is also known as a completely unlivable home right right like everything that you use on a day-to-day basis is like in a garage or an attic or in a drawer that you hope that a potential buyer doesn't open it's just on the other side of miserable
0: and you know you think about the kids and you know what a miserable life it is when they have to put stuff up every day i mean they think mm-hmm. the world is miserable anyway when they right. have to clean up the room once a week yeah but now it's like every day you're on them yeah that's not fun I, you know I, I don't remember we didn't really move much when i was growing up but i can remember doing that and just being miserable going i why are we doing this
1: right and especially when you're so like fraught with teenage angst anyway like you're just mad at the world right you can't even sure. tell you you don't even know why but you're just mad you hate your parents you hate everything and then so you combine that with the external pressure of having to do something that you don't want to do when again as a teenager you don't mm. want to do anything that yeah. you don't want to do yeah. so it just it just makes it worse but you know in in the middle of all this again you know like the family gets tighter knit and you know you start to kind of look for the next opportunity and you know, we've been to the house, and everybody's super excited and picking out rooms, and yeah. you know, all of, all of that kind of stuff. So there's certainly you know growth within that struggle. And you know, again, you talk about a, the ability to find a perfect segue into a topic for the day, and I think yeah. that's what we're going to go into is perfect. Um, you know, I, I think throughout life, you, know, you you kind of move from struggle to struggle, right? And I think we end up using that word as a pejorative, and and I think it's a bit unfair because. You know, struggle may dominate our lives, but there is so much positivity rooted in it. Mm-hmm. So, I think you know, loosely the topic for today is you know the growth is in the struggle type thing, and right. being able to identify that as you move through life and and pick out the good in the middle of what is seemingly bad.
0: You know, we we talk a lot, but like you know, the, the whole really purpose in this podcast is a lot of it deals with with mindsets, mm-hmm. and to me, one of the most predominant mindsets that can change someone's life is this mindset. Yeah. And that is the idea of, um, and we've talked about on the podcast before, but adversity is how do we handle adversity? Um, what do we do during adversity? What happens? What do we think about? And that really determines our growth as a human. Oh yeah. You know, not just, I mean, you can break human down to specifics of professional, you know, family, personal, you know, all those things. But the reality is nothing, we don't become better men, better women, better people unless there is that adversity.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and it changes so much. And again, I I know we're going to dive deep into this topic, but it changes so much as you evolve and mature. Right. And I think just the ability to identify a struggle for what it is and then start to, you know, kind of explore, the positive aspects of what it can bring to your life. And you know, you talk about the teenage angst, you know, like these these kids are in the middle of something that's rather acute, right? Mm-hmm. We're moving homes, right? And and to them, and again, thank God this is the biggest struggle that they know is is right. that we have to put away a toothbrush when we go to school in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, you know, on the tail end of this thing, they're gonna move back into town where they're closer with their friends. They're going to be closer to the sports. They're gonna be, you know, in a in a bigger house, in a in a quote unquote better house, you know. And so And then as you move throughout your life, you start to be able to, I think, easier, more easily identify those types of situations and look for the growth in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. You were talking earlier about, you know, upset, pissed off teenagers. And it makes me think about probably one of your favorite bands in mine, And that was who turned being really upset at their parents and life and everything else into money better than (laughs) Blink-182. All the
1: small things, man. All the
0: small things, because, you know, they did... Really well when mm-hmm. they were talking about that. And then whenever they everything got good and they had money and they started singing about love, it the albums just didn't sell. Flopped it just digitally. didn't work. So you ha- so I think, you know, for the first part of the podcast, I think the takeaway is be really upset, miserable, and you go far in life. Be like Blink 182. Be, be like Blink 182. And I
1: will say this is completely unrelated that by far their best album is take off your pants and jacket. Just start to finish a a, a true, a true gem. A,
0: a ballad of hate
1: <laughs> <laughs> a ballad of teenage eggs sang by, by dudes in their early 30s yes
0: yes yes <laughs> yeah where they're they've got more tats than they have skin right
1: hey now let's not go into that i was gonna go eyeshadow but they but, but you, yeah but eyeshadow. <laughs> did they do eyeshadow i think so oh that's right? it
0: that bothers me a i don't know i don't hope not i don't know I, that makes sophie, me think different
1: sophie give th- thumb up and thumbs down do you know if blink that's that's not from your era, is it? She, I don't
0: think she's too young. She know who that is? Yeah, right. But yeah.
1: she's wearing a Nirvana shirt today, right. and I figured she would at least <laughs> right, know right. at least
0: know those generations. So anyway, sorry guys, completely off subject. But you know, it is it is true that you know the things that we go through, especially when we're teenagers, that you know when we have a bad day, right? Things don't go as we want them to, and so we tend to think that, man, my life is not as good as the next person. Right. And what we don't realize is during that time, we're learning more than we did the previous six months when everything went great. You know, I I know a lot of people talk about, and I've mentioned this, you know, I've had a really good childhood and there's, I'm very, you know, it was very settled and you know, great home and all those things. And there's a lot of great things to that. Um, but because of that, I didn't learn about adversity and how to deal with it until, I got away from home you know so i'm not saying that you know i wish mom and dad would have you know made things harder for me or made it difficult or been crappy parents or whatever but um you know i think we all hit a point in life where things aren't going well and we have support but we don't have we have a safety net but we don't always have support and when you go through those things, you have to go through them. It's 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 kinda like grieving um or a breakup or whatever you've done is you know at some point in time it's gonna feel better, mm-hmm. but man, it hurts like heck right now. And and all you wanna do when you're going through that is stop the hurting. It's like I've always talked about a stomachache. You know, it's one of the worst things in the world. When you have a really bad stomach, you can't think about anything else. And the first thing you think is when you're going through it is man, I'll never take for granted not having a stomachache again. You know, just being, just being a normal person without a stomachache would be awesome right now. And that's what I live for is to not have a stomachache. And then stomachache goes away and you go about a day of being really thankful and then you don't think about it anymore, right? And so I think life is like that too in that when we're just going through it, we have things happen, we have that stomachache, we have that breakup or we have whatever it is. And we think we are the most miserable, hurting people in the world. And, you know, what we don't realize going through that is, man, our brain is processing so much. And our our mind is thinking so much about what's going on that, you know, it can easily turn into we just want to numb it. That's why people drink or whatever. They just want to numb through the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sad thing about that is is, is they're missing out on one of the best parts of life and that is the thought process and the learning of going through that hurt going through that pain going through that adversity is where the real growth comes from
1: well and you said something that i think i want to key on for a little bit and that's you know as as a parent you know we are charged with making sure that our kids had a better life than we had right we're, we're making it better than what than, than how we had it right mm-hmm. and and so i think as as a parent we end up I think to the detriment of our kids try to take away their pain, try to take away the hurt, try to keep them from having to go through the struggles that we right. know invariably make you better right. in life. Right. And, and I remember seeing this, it was probably on you know, Instagram reels or something like that. So you you, okay, like you, watch life, you look life. at Facebook a lot, probably on Facebook. No, not, you know, not on Facebook anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, but you know, it was like the, the best thing you can do for your kid is, is to allow them to fail in a controlled environment, yep. you know, and I think the video was was about a kid. He was skateboarding and he had you know all the all the proper PPE on, and he fell right. And so as a parent, like, what do you do in that moment? Do you run over and do you hug them? Do you, or do you you know kind of pick them up, dust them off, and allow them to get back on that skateboard and and progress and get better as a result of of that immediate failure? But I think all too often, and and you know especially in this current generation, is we try to remove or prevent our kids from experiencing those struggles and experiencing that pain of falling down. And so we just don't let them do it. And
0: failure as a a whole. We, we, We don't want them to fail.
1: Right, and so you end up. Failure is inevitable, right? I don't. I don't care how well protected you are. I don't care how great, how solid, how content of a family unit that you grew up with. And failure is coming your way, mm-hmm. just as sure as the sun is going to rise and the sun is going to set, and you're going to pay some taxes, baby. <laughs> you are going to fail, right? And life is going to hurt, right? Yeah. And so I, I think as parents, we have such a strong responsibility to our children to teach them to, to fail the right way mm-hmm. and make it okay, and foster that failure in a controlled environment and allow them and help them build up the skill set and the tools to deal with failure Mm -hmm. rather than prevent the failure from happening.
0: Right. And I think you and I were talking about this just the other day. And the idea is, is that to allow your kids to fail while they're under your roof Mm -hmm. so that you can teach them those things about adversity. Um, you know, if, if that doesn't happen until they're out from under your roof, they lose, you know, the safety net as a parent can still be there, but the security and the the mentorship isn't there. And so, you know, the kids' big first failures are away from the home and they've got to process it and figure it out on their own, which, you know, we all do at some point in time. But, you know, teaching them the value of the failure early on will make huge advances when they turn 21, 22, Mm -hmm. 23 as, as life hands them failure after failure after failure, which it does, that's when you're, especially when you're young, that's what you deal with, is to be able to take from it and learn from it and become wiser. And, you know, I've always I've told my girls, I want you to be smarter and wiser than I was when I was 25. Right. Is and, and that doesn't come from education. That doesn't come from me sitting down and lecturing you. It comes from the way you think about things and how do you process that adversity? What do you learn through that adversity? You, that wisdom that you gain from it is what makes your life life rich and full.
1: No, I love that. And, and think about this, Tim. You know, a, a kid is playing in the backyard. He's got a wiffle ball. He's playing with his friends, and something happens, and he hits that wiffle ball through the window, right? Mm-hmm. And as a parent, do you berate your kid? Do you yell at him? Do you scream at him? Or you know, do you still have a sense of accountability in there? But but you make it okay for them to come to you and say, "Hey, mom. Hey, dad. I hit a wiffle ball through the window." Yeah. Right. So the next time that happens in the backyard, they're gonna say, I don't know what happened, a bird went through it, right? Right. And so now you're laying the foundation for failure means I need to cover this up, failure is bad, failure needs, I mean, I I need to hide. So then fast forward to when that kid is 16 and maybe it's the first time he or she has drank, made a mistake and and Mm -hmm. they they, they chose to drink. That's the difference between them calling you at two o'clock in the morning saying, hey mom, hey dad, I snuck out, I'm drunk, I can't drive home, right? Right. And maybe them getting behind the wheel or allowing a friend to get behind the wheel and somebody gets hurt or somebody gets killed, right? Right? And you know, those are strong parallels. We're talking about extremes here, but you, if you don't allow your kids to fail successfully and be able to come and communicate that failure to you and have you encourage them through it and Mm -hmm. teach them lessons as a result of it, then it's gonna it's gonna foster this culture of covering up, of hiding, yeah. of lying. Yeah. and you don't want that because that that just it's that, there's a linear curve to that and it just gets worse and worse as the years wear on.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And you know I was thinking about I often think about what I would do different if I were to go back and and you know be a, a parent over again. And one of the one of my takeaways is exactly that and that is, you know, I want my kid when they get in trouble and they call me or whatever the case is is the first thing in their minds instead of uh what is dad going to do what am i you know what's how mad is he going to be i want the first thing to go into their mind going through their mind is this okay dad's going to ask me what i've learned from this i better come up with some things and them start thinking about what did i learn from this because then they're basically training themselves at that point in time and so that they know when they when i come over come pick them up or you know go look at the back window all right so what do we learn you know what what did you learn from this the very first thing is that then you know number one it it gets their mind to start thinking about that and it, and it trains in them a mindset from the beginning that i'm gonna learn from this and i screwed up i'm gonna learn from it and i'm gonna have a takeaway and i'm accountable for what i did but i'm also accountable for my takeaway
1: yeah i, I love that and accountability is big and i think that's the difference between you know free-range parenting but fostering open communication that allows for failure, right? Is right. that, you know, if you get caught drinking, and if you call me, you're probably going to be up at six, six o'clock the next morning, you know, turning big rocks into little rocks in the backyard. <laughs> right. Um, but that's your pain associated with that is on you. You're the one right. that chose to go drink. We just had a chore to do in the morning, right? right? If you would have, if you would have just c- came home or you know made a better choice, then it wouldn't be as painful. Right. So it's not without consequence, right? Sure. But you allow those natural consequences to set in mm-hmm. rather than allowing you as a parent to be the scapegoat, right? Right. Because <clears throat> now it's, my dad's a jerk as opposed to I made a mistake and here's the natural consequences of my mistake. Right. Here's how I'm growing through my failure. And so next time when I know that I have something to do, maybe I'll either call dad or maybe better yet, Tim, I just won't take that drink.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I, and I think that's, as a parent, especially when, you know, you don't have that mindset. It's really hard to teach your kids that. Right. And that's one of the reasons we're talking about this today is, you know, if, if you're a parent you're listening or watching this and you're a parent, you know, the thing is is get this figure out this mindset on your own before you ever try to teach your kids that, because they're going to, they're going to look at you and see, do you, do you take accountability? When you're having a, a fuss or you're having an argument with your spouse do you take accountability when you screwed up or do you just get defensive, right? They're gonna model after you. And so don't expect to be able to teach them this mindset if you don't practice it.
1: No, I love that. And I think that's probably gonna be what we'll go into in part two. I think, you know, we'll just roll into, um, you know, break this up and maybe do a part two that focuses part one on the parenting and part two on how you employ this as a parent, as a professional. Um, You know, one last thing I'll say on that is, it's easy to say it to sit on on the tail end of watching your kid make what could have been a catastrophic mistake right. and say, keep a level head, you know, let them learn the consequence, encourage them through this. Right. But that stuff scares us as parents, right? It, does. it really does because mm-hmm. like, they're the most precious things in our lives, right? Like We are charged from the moment that they're born to the moment that, that we're in the ground to make sure that we are doing the, the quote unquote the right thing for our kids. And so when we see them make mistakes that we know that could have a consequence up to and including the loss of their life it scares the hell out of us. Right. And, and fear tends to promote visceral reactions from us. Right. right. And emotional a lot of times, right. Yeah. A visceral, emotional reactions, because we, we forget our sense of self and our wisdom and all that kind of stuff. When, when we see somebody that we love the most put their lives in danger yeah. and, and what comes pouring out of us oftentimes is vitriol. What comes pouring out of us is, is just pure anger and sadness, but it's perceived by them as though, we're just being a jerk.
0: Right. Right. Um, you know, one last thing on that from the parent side, one thing that I wish I would have done, and I thought about this about a year ago, is because we often make decisions emotionally in the heat of the moment, is and there aren't always the best decisions, i.e. the majority, um, <laughs> is when you're not in those situations to think ahead and think about as your kids are growing up, you know, at different ages, how am I gonna handle their failure? How am I going to handle them getting in trouble, doing things that I ask them not to do? Whatever whatever those things are, literally list those things out. And I'm not a big write-down guy, but create a playbook for you and your co-parent, your spouse, whoever, right? Together to say, when these, when something like this happens, what? how are we going to handle it? And literally write down a playbook. And so when those things happen, you can turn to your phone or whatever and go, okay, I'm emotional right now, but what's my playbook? and to stop and it, it just reminds you of okay what are we going to get out of this what do we want them to learn and how do we want to teach that instead of it being an emotional trigger it's going to the playbook and going okay well, good news is we've already thought about this we've kind of role played this how we're going to do it step one step two step three
1: and i love that and, and i think until you can get to that playbook um, we, we've made one music reference of blink One Eight Two, two. So I'm going to make another to wrap we it go. up and here we go. It's Mr. Keith Whitley. He's when he, he said, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Yeah. Right. Say nothing <laughs> right. at all. Say nothing right? at all. Yeah. The, Because those words that come out of your mouth, you're oftentimes going to regret it. Right. And it's going to be detrimental to helping your kids grow in this moment. Yep. So turn your ass around and walk away.
0: Right. And the first words you say are going to be the ones they remember. Right. And are probably the worst words that are going to come out of your mouth. Yeah. So what I will say is
1: it's been a good episode. What I will say is that um, you should go to YouTube and smash that like and subscribe button. You should go to LinkedIn. You should go to Instagram and give us a like and a follow up and a thumbs up and a retweet and all that kind of stuff and uh, help us know and let us know how we can make this thing better for you. I like it. I like how you played that out. That was nice. (laughs) You know what, Tim? It's
0: all the small things. (laughs) It's all the small things. <laughs> there, in a nutshell, is Davin Marceau. Yep. Just well be- done, sir. I like that. I appreciate that. That's yeah.
1: a good place to stop this. Like we'll right do. Now. Let's,
0: I look forward to part two. Yeah, let's do it. All right, man.